All right. Oh, my goodness. Lou Donaldson and a bunch of really incredible musicians come together to make wonderful music. By the way, all that drumming was Ray Barreto on congas. Lou Donaldson is on saxophone. Blue Mitchell is on trumpet. Horace Parlin on piano. Layman Jackson on bass. And Dane Bailey on drums. And that's called Lou's Blues. It is from the complete Blue Note uh, Lou Donaldson sessions from 1957 to 1960. He's still around at 96. Is that great? I love playing music that withstands the test of time. This is Lead Stories. I'm Utrecht Lead, and good to be with you again today. Uh, we have two key things I want to talk about today, but we'll see how it resonates with you and uh, whether we continue. The first question, of course, is are Vladimir Putin and Joe Biden going to have themselves a, a nice little war? What do you think? Things are just getting worse and worse and you know, we have the opposite sides talking. Biden is coming across as a guy who wants peace and he wants to talk. Let's sit down and reason together. And we know all the while that he's saying this, <laughs> getting bombs and military equipment and everything together. Uh, Putin is saying, I do want peace. I do not want to invade Ukraine, uh, and uh, I want to sit down and talk, but all the while, people are being massed. Soldiers are being massed to the borders of Ukraine, and uh, it doesn't look like, like there's going to be a pulling back of the, if not actual force, but certainly the implication of actual force. What do you what do you think about where we are right now on this question of war? Because no war is tidy. There's no such thing as a tidy, uh, neatly bundled war. And it would last for just a matter of minutes. It's over and everybody withdraws and goes home. And they satisfy the, the urge to kill each other but they don't actually do that. And peace is declared. Everybody makes nice and goes back to whatever it is their lives are in, in, uh, in wherever they live. This is really serious. Very serious. But we're seeing that they're both at the edge but what will take any of them over the edge, either of them, I should say, over the edge, and get involved in an actual war? And no matter how, quote, small or contained a war, potential war will be, war is war. War is death. War is... Uh, 
horror for people. War is unbelievable amounts of suffering. War is incredible damage to everybody's environment. War is inflation gone amok. War is not a good thing. But we have this insistence, I, I don't know what it is. I think we ought to have, before people become presidents of countries, their psychiatric nature ought to be clearly analyzed. We ought to know who these people are, what drives them. And I say this using, as a very fit example, uh, Donald Trump. Everybody is talking about Donald Trump, except the last thing they're saying is there ought to be a major psychoanalysis of Donald Trump because he has so irreparably changed not just this country but the world, and not for the better. Uh, and there seems to be it will that it will continue. Nobody is going to stop him. He has come onto the world stage as his own being, his own phenomenon. He does whatever he wants, he gets away with it. He breaks all kinds of laws. <laughs> he has no respect at all for community and communal thinking or communal benefit. He is really a very I'm not a psychiatrist, but psychiatrists, a whole group of them, years ago, years ago, said that he was in need of deep treatment. And we're seeing bits and pieces here and there, but it still comes back to the, the core issue that... This is not a well-centered man. He never has been. And ended up as president of the United States. And look at the carnage that was, was done and that still remains. But let's get to what we want to talk about today. And that starts us off with our program officially. We want to talk about, uh, give some time to this question of, of where is this war going? It, will there be a war? If so, what are you preparing for? What are you bracing yourself for? And are you satisfied that that our president... Joe Biden has a really good grip on this, that certain things have been considered and what would those certain things be? What are people to do except sit tight and wait without knowing what's going to happen? What is the goal of the United States in all of this? What is to be to be the outcome of it? And how is the president preparing the country as a country 
to deal with the very real possibility. We don't want to get every day a new update. Well, there are more people on the border. They're stationed at the border. It looks like uh, Ukraine could be invaded any day now. That's not sufficient. Not from a leader. We don't see a sense of alarm. We don't see the apparatus of government working in such a way as to indicate to the citizens that whatever happens, we have reason to believe that we could deal with it. And by dealing with it, I don't mean uh, making a military counter move. I mean, how do the citizens get through such a decision? What should they be prepared for? Other than just reading the papers every day, listening to television coverage, uh, basically we are encouraged to just sit still and wait. And... Meanwhile, all kinds of forecasts are being made. The price of gas is in some places in this country already at $5 a gallon. The cost of living is going to go through the roof. And yet there are people who who are going to be making a lot of money. They're prepped and ready to go. They can't wait for the war to start. Your thoughts? at 888-874-4888 as we get closer to this day of reckoning whether we will have whether there will be another world war whether we will be experiencing the turmoil of war whether we are prepared for it This business of the president basically trying to persuade everybody to just be calm. That's not the way you prepare a nation for possible disaster. So what are you thinking? Will there be a Putin-Biden square-off Will there be an invasion of Ukraine just so Putin can prove the point? He is not to be bossed around by anybody. The Russians are also capable of inflicting enormous damage on their enemies. And so the people, both of Russia and the United States, are caught in the middle. What the heck happens to, to us, the question is. What do we do? How do we persuade these two geezers to sit down at the table and work out something and not constantly, you know, uh, carp about war and how eager they are to have one? 888 if I don't get calls right quick, we move on. <laughs> you know, I marvel at the fact that when the phones are open, people take their time. They just, 
or they don't want to call right away. It's like very important. And then don't complain when we say, okay, you had enough time to at least indicate that you're interested in participating in the discussion. If not, we just move on. That's it. So we'll start there, and then we'll move on to this trial in Georgia. Uh, we began to talk about it, and that was a trial uh, dealing with the so-called psychological profile of the three men charged with the killing of Ahmad Aubrey. And the theory of the case, as expressed by the prosecutor, that if Aubrey were white, he would still be alive. I don't care for that analysis. It may be true, it may ring true for some people, but I'm looking at what is your legal argument? What is your legal argument? And a legal argument should, should not be, if he were white, he will still be alive. That is a, a temptation to take people to the other side of the argument. The fact is, he was not white, and you know it. And he was killed. Not because of an if. If he were white, he would still be alive. I don't like that uh, conclusion that the prosecutor has come to imposes as the theory of the case. Okay, so those are the two things I'd like us to take a look at today. Gwen from New York, let's start with you. How are you doing? Oh, not there. Ed from Queens, you're on the air. Why am I not hearing anybody? I'm not hearing anybody. Hello? Yes. Uh, yes, it's Rudy from Montreal. Hello, Rudy. How are you? I haven't heard from you in quite a while. Well, you frightened me. <laughs> Why did I frighten you? <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, you know, you, you, your PRN is doing a very fabulous work because very important people are listening to these programs. You're making an enormous amount of difference. Um, because oh, thanks for I, saying that. Pardon? Thank you for saying that. Thank you. Yes, because um, uh, we were going to. I was going to talk. The president, uh, uh, thankfully, the president of Ukraine has uh, sort of re reversed his very aggressive uh, stance. 
I think he, he understands that if war comes, he's right in the middle of it. What, and what would, he, what would he gain? He would gain nothing destroying his country. And I'm astonished that Eastern Europe, European countries, are allowing these uh, armaments from the United States because it places them in a situation when there became, they become um, targets. And sadly, um, the American people have to realize that these armaments are so powerful, so fast, that United States and Canada will not be excluded from this situation. We, uh, we have to uh, stand up. We have to speak. We, we, we're, what we're doing now <clears throat> is the most essential thing that can be done. And people are, are really human. I mean, I, I've heard uh, generals, U, U.S. generals, speaking that if this kind of thing develops, well, you know, it's going to be not very pleasant. You put it very well. Once it starts, it's almost impossible to end. I was thinking of the First World War. First World War in the first four days, 392,000 people, soldiers, were killed. Can you imagine the ordinary people slaughtered on the first few days of war? I mean, it's terrible. Um, war is... But the way things are headed now, or the way things are situated now, what are you inclined to think about the possible outcome? Wow. That, it, it, you're right. It won't be very good. We have to, we have to realize that the people, no matter what they are, what what the, that we breathe, as, as Kennedy, John Kennedy said, we breathe the same air. We have the same feelings for our children, for our future. We, regardless of what language we speak, regardless of what what our political sort of ideology is, it makes no difference. We all have the same hopes and aspirations. And uh, peace, peaceful working together is, is far, far better. I believe, uh, people might laugh, but that's okay, that the, the Chinese are trying to il, il, uh, help the, alleviate the poverty through the world. And unfortunately, war is destroying people's viability, and not only destroying it. They become, they're, they're terrorized. You know, people become terrorized, like in Yugoslavia. Bombs fell for 68 days, day and night. More bombs fell on Yugoslavia than fell in the entire Second World War. Can you imagine living in, it would drive people, anybody crazy, insane. It never stopped. It seemed to never end. 
So that's, that's maybe a little how I feel right off the cuff. Well, thank you. Thank you for your contribution today. Gwen from New York, you're on the air. Hi, Idris. Can you hear me? Hello. Yes, I can. Okay, because I came up before. I've been waiting from the beginning because this is such an important question. Um, So I want to say that um, I think actually Biden does take it seriously uh, because Biden said to one of the reporters, uh, listen, listen, man, we're talking about World War III here. He knows what it is. But it's also been in the works since Hillary Rodden Clinton was running for the president's office. And I believe that some people may have even voted for Donald Trump because they did not want to go to war with Russia. So I think it's something that has been in the works for a while. And now we have Biden in office. And it really wouldn't matter who was going to be in office. This is the agenda. This is what the oligarchs want. And I think it's terrifying. And I want Americans to ask themselves, if you're old enough to remember, how did, how did we feel when Russia pulled up their nuclear weapons onto Cuba? How did we feel then? We didn't feel so comfortable then. And I don't know if we would have gotten out of that if we didn't have somebody like John Kennedy who was able to come to the table and, and have uh, some, uh, some very meaningful negotiating uh, with Khrushchev. But we're in a way different situation now. And, uh, and I think that it is terrifying. I think these men mean business. Mean business. Uh, and I think that we're going to go to war over ego. And I think that America should understand that we pulled up our weapons onto their border in 2016 when President Barack Obama was our president. And we've left them there ever since then. And we've continued to poke them in the eye every single day, provoking them into going to war with us. There's no need for this war. And I think that one thing that uh, leaders of all places might want to think about for a minute is that everybody in the world dragged us into this COVID thing. Every leader in the world dragged us in. And about 30% of the world collectively is saying, you know what, we don't believe you. We think you lied to us on many different levels here. So now, at the end of this, when we're all worn out from this crap with the COVID, now you want us to sign up and go to war to take on the, the Russian military which is very, very well equipped. They're as, 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 at least as well equipped as we are. And I'm not sure that you're going to find people running to join the Army right now. Right now you have to join the Army uh, if we don't have a draft. So right now you're going to have to have people join the Army and take this on. I think that these people are truly out of their mind. I think that everyone in this country and the world, absolutely the world, should take it as serious as a heart attack because what they're what – they're, doing now will never be a limited war. There's no such thing. And there is no such thing as limited nuclear strength. Because even if they were limited nuclear strength, every weapon that's nuclear has a, a 500,000 year half-life. So it doesn't, it's for the radiation. So it really doesn't matter. There's no such thing as anything that's limited. And um, I myself take it very, very seriously. I feel very afraid of it. And uh, I'll tell you something. I really hate Donald Trump. I can't stand him. But if he was running on a ticket that said, I will not go to war with Russia, I might, I might actually put my, my vote in on that issue and that issue alone, because this is how dangerous it is. It's very, very dangerous what we're doing. All right. Thank you. Thanks for contributing Thank today. Thank you. Marcus from Wisconsin, you're on the air. 
Thank you, you, Therese. Uh, yeah, um, the, the, it, the possibly the greatest movie ever made in the United States was called The Maltese Falcon, based on the Dashiell Hammett movie. And to help uh, help understand these international uh, situations, it, it helps to sort of think like a 1940s criminal. Uh, Humphrey Bogart utters the line uh, as Sam Spade in the Maltese Falcon, the cheaper the crook, the gaudier the patter. And you have to expect that whenever there are overtures threatening war. These are cheap crooks engaging in gaudy patterns. So I, I think if we pretend that we're members of the 1940s criminal class when we discuss this, I think we can have a better picture of what's going on. You know, uh, the media since the 1970s has de-emphasized uh, the global shifts in distribution of power and what it means with the rise of global capital. When that exploded in the late 60s and 70s, you heard less and less and less about the rest of the world if you were stationed in the United States. So we never consider what the rest of the world may be doing that brings these events about. We just get the comic book version, we're the good guys against the bad guys. Now, anybody outside of the U.S. media doctrinal control understands that the U.S. is trying to kick a rumble in Ukraine or threaten it in order to pressure the EU, meaning Germany, to stop them from playing footsie with a China-Russia alliance, which, by the way, would be in their direct interest. The U.S. wants to bring the EU, particularly Germany, back under U.S.-controlled NATO discipline. This is, this is what this is about. Macron has openly said so. China has openly said so. Many European leaders have been talking about this. You don't hear about it in the United States. Now, why would this be a concern? Because if Germany, China, Russia, India are in an, an alliance, you know, it locks the Eurasian landmass into the biggest geopolitical power in human history. In other words, in a very short time, they would be snapping their fingers in the faces of uh, the Anglo-Saxon world. So naturally, U.S., U.K., Canada power doesn't want that. They want to discourage this. They want to pressure the EU back into NATO discipline. You see, this is, a, this is the result of a long campaign from the end of World War II of the U.S. leadership, so-called, foolishly buying their own propaganda. We're exceptional. We're essential. We're invincible. We're number one. Fools always shake out the same way. The clock is ticking on the U.S. empire and its arrogant foolishness. That's what this is about. They are 
desperate to try and hold their power center together, which has been crumbling for a long time. Now, you can ask, you know, why this is happening? Why now? You know, is it because the COVID saga is falling apart? No, it's because, look, last winter, last winter, Germany couldn't get heating oil. Russia was going to give it to them. We stopped that. So the EU understands they have a choice be, between being pawns of U.S. power or having some sovereignty, some control over their own futures. That's what this is about. As far as I can see, the rest of the world uh, it talks about this all the time. It's only in the U.S. where we get the comic book good guy, bad guy stuff, and that's all that matters, that Americans are just completely clueless about it. So how am I doing? You're doing quite well. Quite well. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we can, you know, you got Lloyd Austin, you know, blathering in the media about our shared values with Ukraine. Apparently that means we also have to start recruiting neo-Nazis for the openly white supremacist uh, Orzov militia in Ukraine. I mean, only a child would buy this stuff. It, it's so it's so grossly simplistic that this is propaganda designed to appeal to a ten-year-old intellect. I mean, so, come on, people. What are you expecting over the next few days? Will there be a skirmish, out-and-out war? Would there be utter and complete universal disaster? What do you think? Uh, no, I don't think there will be either. I think this will play out probably over a couple of years, and the U.S. will continue to lose ground, as they've been doing, because there's really nothing we can do about this global power shift. We could have. We could have invested in our own infrastructure, but we didn't do that. We allowed the rich to outsource everything, so now the population is dependent on them, and you have no control over what they do. But uh, no, this is not going to happen overnight, but Germany, the EU, is going to align with China, Russia, and India, because that's where the future is. We are not the future. We are a back number. And we'd better get used to it. And if you want to save yourselves and your children, <laughs> you'd better start looking at the realities of what's going on. Global governments are mafia families, and that's how they operate. They, they, they don't care about your freedom. They don't care about your uh, about your ethnic origins or, or 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 your income or anything. This is power. The cheaper the crooked, the gaudier the pattern. Thank you so much. Thank it you. It was a splendid, a splendid presentation there. Thank you. Willie from Brooklyn, you're on the air. Good afternoon, beloved, and um, Pierre. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Marcus was right on point, the, the last thing he said. Um, the U.S. is just uh, table rattling. That's all. 
they, um, they, they, it, it's the fall of this empire. That's that's all it is, and they're trying to um, hold on to power as long as they can, and <clears throat> misleading us. But not only the U.S. I mean, what do you say about Russia? This is a mad grab and a mad uh, demonstration to even choke a country to death if it doesn't fall in line. Oh, okay, okay. What what we're being told, we don't know if if that's what's going on in Russia. As far as listening I'm talking to PRN, uh, and in Ukraine, Ukraine in, in Ukraine, in Ukraine, we were told that these people um, they interfered with with our election. Not true. We were told that um, they were fighting for democracy in in, in um, Afghanistan. No, he, now here are some people, um, forces riding around in a Toyota pickup truck with M16 on, on top, and they, they they kick the United States out. So where is your power to your military power to fight anybody? So the, um, when you look at um, North Korea, you you uh, you could remember what they were saying. Oh, we got bigger, but oh, all kinds of silly stuff, and people went for it. It is a day, today is a day you've lost your influence and power around the world. China, uh, China is doing things around the world to change the lives of human beings. The day of warring and killing people, that's over with. But that being said, we still have confronting us right in our face. We're being stared at over the next couple of days. What is going to happen from your perspective? Um, you see, what I think is that we should, be, should, should, should dismiss this government and begin to do for ourselves, collectively. Yes, but that's, that's a long-term process. Yes. We I have do, the, the, the reality that we're dealing with a short-term Results, yes, and it's not going to be good if it is, in yes, fact, I understand that. Because that's our only means of survival, because these, what we have elected is a crime syndicate. These people are busy taking from us what belongs to us for themselves. So what, 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 what other choices do we have? We can't look for them. So are you saying we should expect an outbreak of war? Uh, uh, internal war or external? The, the, the major problem that we're focusing on is what's happening in Ukraine. What Russia vows to do, what the United States vows to do. That's what we're told. The Russians, they have better sense than that. Because if you can remember the start treaty, that can't happen in treaties. Because there's a power bigger than all of us. It cannot happen. You did not create this life and this earth, and you cannot destroy it. Yes, sure, there's a lot of people that could, could be killed. But you cannot, you cannot, what you're thinking is... Um, 
what you're thinking is, is a few people that think that way. And the, the military. I'm, I'm talking about the heads of state. That's the way they think. That's what yeah. they're communicating to us. That our concerns for the moment are set aside. They are the key players in this drama. What yeah. do you believe they will do? What positions do you think they will take regarding whether there's war or no war? Just like they did in Afghanistan and then North Korea. Simple. But I don't believe you answered the question, though. I'm not understanding. What is your answer? They, would, they just have to back down. They who? Um, the so-called heads of, heads of state that we have. This is, and the media. They're going to change the story. Biden, Biden is going to back off? Yeah, absolutely. And it's automatic victory to Putin? It, it doesn't matter, you what is No, it does matter, because we, we're talking about the whole world now focusing on the possible outcome of the showdown between the United States and Russia. With yes, regard to... I'm sorry? I yes, I understand that. But what they're saying, I'm not buying into it, because I know it cannot happen. Whether you buy into it or not, where do you see it going? Just like, uh, well, um, the U.S. has to back down. Number one, you have no money. Finally, who's who's going to finance this war, this so-called war that you're talking about? Well, they'll no, always find money to finance war. Huh? Money would always be found. Okay. Well, you know, the, 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 the people in the United in the United States, we need help. The homelessness, the joblessness, these are the things that we, the, the government should be, um, so-called government should be focusing on. Healthcare. Are you talking about war? Yes. Russia and war China? is great. War is a phenomenal economic injection War is fantastic for the people who are the captains of industry. War is great. Yes, when you fight, when you, you make a war with uh, some ragtag nation, yes. But you can make a war with Russia or China. It has happened before. So what are you saying? about the next couple of days, what, what do you expect the result to be? A showdown or a back off? Back down. Back down. And a back down. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks for calling in and contributing today. Ed from Queens, you're on the air. Okay, Ed, how are you? Me and the phone, hanging on, hanging in. <laughs> well, according We're to your, your forecasting thugs, what do they say about the next couple of days? Will there be a war or no? I don't think it's going to be a war. I don't think 
I, I don't think that uh, the powers that control this this uh, geopolitical atmosphere, the real powers, the devils, the, the devils men won't allow it. I mean, there might be a skirmish like when I was when I served this country, and we were in Bosnia, and uh, the several Croats. There was a skirmish. There, there'll be some money made by. Uh, by Raytheon and, and uh, new technologies as far as with drone warfare and and, and uh, limited strike conventional weapons, but there won't be a geothermal nuclear war. I doubt it. I mean, there's too much money to be made, and geothermal nuclear war is not good for money. So uh, Putin, he's not Hitler. He's KG. He was a member of the KGB. He also was, I believe, a member of the Russian mafia. He's part of the oligarchs that took over after the fall of the Soviet Union, and he wants to make money. Biden is a servant of empire, and this suits both of their needs. This is a distraction for Biden, who's, who's falling in the polls, because people are realizing that all of his promises were false. And it's a distraction for Putin, because the same thing is happening in Russia. There's, a, there's, there's famine, there's strife, there's, there's, there's high inflation, and, and we're looking at the undulations of the power shift, which is going to be towards China. Like I think Marcus uh, alluded to it when he spoke. This is, this is part of the global power shift. And America is the red-headed stepchild. We're out. Ain't got to get used to it. You know, our, our big stick doesn't scare anybody anymore. And, and, and the, uh, the, the European powers and Russia are looking to make that shift, looking to make that alignment. This is a lot of uh, posturing for the world theater to show that, hey, you know, Russia's not going to be pushed around by the United States. The United States is not the, the tiger that it was. This is all, it's all smoke and mirrors. But the bottom line is the world is shifting towards the east. And if you want to do something, learn Mandarin because China's coming up. <laughs> the Asian dragon cannot be defeated. And this is all part of that power play. Well, it was worth waiting for you today. Thank you for your contribution, Ted. Thank you so much for calling in. Evelyn from New York, you're on the air. Finally, I have ten minutes before I go into rehab for my therapy today. I'm just calling you from my bedroom at the east side, um, upper east side uh, rehab center here in Manhattan. And this reminds me of Everybody is gesturing, and it's, and it's like a drama on stage. You got the good guys, you got the bad guys who want to be good guys, and blah blah blah. It doesn't mean anything. It's a game, just like the movie War Games was a game years ago. And I, uh, the the media is uh, actually playing into both your hands by creating propaganda. And uh, to say, will he, won't he, will he, won't he? And using language that I'm surprised that they're still using. But I'm, I don't think there's going to be anything. Uh, Putin um, is gesturing. So is Biden. And, and nobody's going to go to war over this. Uh, I really think um, we're playing into their hands, the oligarchy, uh, you know. They're the ones that are running the show, and they don't want this kind of 
a global or non-global war even. You know, it, it's this will get Biden out of um, the situation that he's in now, losing, you know, a percentage of his um, support. And, 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 and then he'll become the good guy. Again, people are taking it, uh, this too seriously. Not that they don't have the power to do it. Sure, they have the power. We have the power to protest, too. And we've done it up to a point. But I think, you're, I think that you, you know, everybody is um, too concerned about. I would be more concerned about people who uh, are hungry and are not getting enough food or, or the, just the, the human part of living. That's what we should be concerned about. And, that, and ignoring this stupid, stupid, stupid stuff. Go see war games again and you'll see what I mean. So that's my advice. Just laugh at this stupid, stupid stage play that you're seeing being dramatized. So that's my my uh, word here. And um, I love your show, by the way. And, Thank you. And hope, um, I, I'm, I'm out, and I hope the uh, non-war people will stand together <laughs> and say hallelujah. Goodbye, goodbye, blah, 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 blah. So there you are. <laughs> well, thank you. It was worth waiting for you. Thank you so much. Thank you. For your call. Tony from the Bronx, you're on the air. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, great. Okay, yeah. Um it's very strange, you know. We're on the precipice of a world war, of a nuclear war, and nobody's talking about being prepared. I don't hear anybody talking about being prepared. And um, these strikes happen really fast. These missiles come in, they do a lot of damage, and it's over. Once that rocket takes off, it's over in less than 30 minutes. And um, that should be a conversation that should be had under these conditions. Um, but what all of this speaks about is the insanity of this government, you know? To me, this is more, this is more of the maintaining the sphere of influence and the power of the American dollars, the reserve currency in that area of the world. Not to mention a lot of money that they can make off of selling arms to the Ukraine. Uh, you know, they want to control the financial resources of that nation for the benefit of the armament industry. Uh, it has nothing personally, to do for me. Personally, what is your... What is your... Uh, how should I say what are you thinking personally would happen in the next few days? Wow, it's not. It's, I'm having a hard time figuring that out. I, I know that the Russians are correct in what they're doing. And I support the Russians in what they're doing because you cannot have a nuclear power muscling up to their borders. And if the Ukraine becomes a part of NATO, that makes the Ukraine an area where the United States can bring their powerful weapons right up to the border of Russia. 
and it goes against the deal that they made when Gorbachev was the president uh, that NATO would not expand into the, the, you know, the Russian borders. And they reneged on that deal. And they did it with Poland and another country and another country. I forget the names of the countries, but the last one is the Ukraine. And the Russians are saying, hey, that's enough. You got to back up. You know, um, I'm hoping that to save face, they're going to find a way to blame the backing out of this situation, the United States, so they can blame it on the, on the Ukraine and their government. I'm hoping that the Ukraine agrees with, you know, them looking like the bad guys, that the deals didn't fall through and that the United States left and they didn't join NATO, that they take the way so that the United States saves face and they can just back out. But to continue this pressure on Russia, I mean, let's face it, the reality is that if Russia was on the borders of Canada or on the borders of the United States and Mexico, we'd be raising bloody hell. As it was with Cuba during the, the, the Cuban Missile Crisis, we were prepared to go to World War III, and that's not even on our border. You know? So we want the Russians to show us the respect, but we don't want to give them the respect. That's their country. You know, I... Well, it used to be affiliated, yes. It's not their country. They don't own it. Yeah, yeah, but still, we should we should not be involved in this. This has nothing why to do with Why shouldn't all nations be involved? Because the price is going to be very high when it's paid or if it's paid. That, that's right. That is 100% correct, you know, and I don't, um, we should be doing a lot of marching and protesting of this. This is, this is, this is insane. This is to me is American insanity that just doesn't let up. We had no interest in the Ukraine, nothing whatsoever, unless we can make a buck out of it. You know, we're not bringing peace and democracy. And where do we bring peace and democracy outside of World War II? Look at the condition that Afghanistan is in right now. 20 years of war, and what do we leave them? A, a star, starving? A humanitarian crisis? A humanitarian crisis in Yemen? A humanitarian crisis all over Central uh, America? With dictator after dictator and death squad after death squad? This hypocrisy the world is seeing, and they're not having it. That's why they, they, they don't even want to deal with the American dollars, the world's reserve currency. They're shifting towards uh, China and Russia and the system that they're developing. This, to me, is just a, a desperate attempt to try to maintain the little sphere of influence that they have with their European satellite countries to keep a hold of the American dollar as the reserve currency in that area of the world. Because everybody knows the jig is up. We already know what hypocrites this government is. Terrorists this, terrorists that. We are the world's number one terrorist. We've been terrorizing the world for decades and the environment. And everybody knows it now. That's why you got to have, a, a, you know, a, a bought media that's controlled by five or six corporations that side with, uh, with the government. Otherwise, you can't have too many independent media going around. Otherwise, they'd be telling the truth. Thank God that we got WBAI and, you know, PRN and several other independent medias. Otherwise, we'd know nothing. 
you know. But these people aren't stupid. They're not having it. I don't blame Putin. He's doing exactly what I would do. As a matter of fact, he's being a gentleman about it. So, you know, oh, God, man, this is a, this is an insane game. I'm glad you're talking about it. Not enough people are talking about it. <laughs> you're talking nuclear war. This is not a game. And Putin is not a game type of guy. Like the gentleman who's talking last, he was involved with their CIA. He was involved with Russian gangs. So this, this guy's nobody to play with. I don't blame Russia one bit. And I side 100% with Russia. I see nothing but hypocrisy from the American government. And I just hope that, you know, the line is held. Russia, I believe, is going to hold it. They're not backing down. And Russia, the United States, should just find a way to save face and back out of this. I don't see any other way out. And you're right. We need more countries to speak about this because, I mean, these, Europe, these European nations should realize that wherever the United States goes and gets involved in these type of games, they need nothing, they need nothing but a trail of destruction. Look at Iraq. Look at Libya. Everywhere we go, look at Syria. You know, that's our track record. That's a track record of destruction. Iraq, you can forget about Iraq. Iraq is damaged beyond repair. It's filled with depleted uranium. That country is never going to have a, 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 a healthy, it's never going to be a healthy nation again. Because of what we did over, over, uh, over a so-called dictator that we supported and we put in power with the help of the CIA who never should have been there to begin with. But they were a thousand times better off than what they got now. They should have left him wherever the hell he was in Iraq and let, let that man run the country. So, you know. Thanks, thanks, Tony, for your input today. Thank you for expressing yourself today. I appreciate it. Henry from Chicago, you're on the air. Hi, Trace. Uh, I'll make this quick. Uh, we're, running, we're running short on time. Um, just like everybody uh, said, the uh, U.S. is losing grip on their imperialistic uh, tactics of the world. And I don't think that the ultimate end game is not war. Now, I said the other day that destabilization is going to be the worst thing that's going to happen. Because the key to this is the Ukraine government who the president uh, uh, two weeks ago said that this was uh, the United States is making a, a bigger thing than, than what it is. And I think what's going to happen is that there is going to be an internal conflict where they will get rid of the government that's currently in the Ukraine and install a government that's more U.S. friendly and basically destabilize that government. And to uh, Gwen, who called earlier about uh, Donald Trump, who would vote against a war against Russia, well, just understand that uh, General Milley, who was the Joint Chief of Staff, had to call uh, China uh, within the last weeks of Trump's uh, presidency because he felt that he was going to start a war with China. So for me, a war with China is more worse than a war with Russia. <laughs> so I would warn her against that, too. But um, destabilization is the ultimate goal uh, with the United States in this. I don't think it's a full-fledged war. But if you destabilize that country, you keep the United States hegemony uh, uh, reliant on, you know, reliant on the U.S. because of the fact that 
with destabilization, you're going to get more terrorists. Because uh, I think I said the other day, there's a neo-Nazi group who is uh, protesting against the Ukraine. Uh, so it's, it, it's going to be uh, 10 times worse than what happened in Libya, what happened in Iraq, and all these other countries that uh, the last caller said that we destabilized. Thank you. Thank you very much, Henry, for calling in and contributing today. Okay, John from New Jersey, you're on the air. Wow. Is there anything left to say? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, it's really, it's really, uh, it's been obvious to me since, since I, since I was five years old that the United States of America is the most hypocritical country on the planet. We always say we're going to do this, and then they turn around and do the exact opposite. It's um, it's a waste of breath. <laughs> I, I almost wish we did have a war. We could have it out, and whoever wins can have the damn place because it won't be worth having anyway. So, <clears throat> but uh, you know. You guys went on. You, what happened? It's like the only you can only call in and talk now. You used to be able to call in and listen. Uh, did, was that a, a, a deal that you guys made that would, made it better for you as far as? Uh, no, we uh, just you just in queue. Uh-huh. People oh, have okay. things to say, so you have to listen. That's that's the whole point. We are receiving an education. Well, this is true, and the people like you know. After somebody like Ed talks, and the person after Ed, you know, this is the guy. This is the guy who should be running the country, not not the president. You know. Plus, I think if they, if you know what they should do, if I were the president, the first thing I would do is I would I would pardon Julian Assange, okay, and then I put him. Oh no! But you you're not you off topic now. I need you to oh, stay to be on right topic. on topic. Oh, it could be. I thought this was a free country. Yeah. It's a free country, but it's not a free reeling program. We, we have my a poor topic. That's my poor attempt at song. We are disciplined, you see. We're different. Right. We're disciplined. Well, we're disciplined. I'm immediately out. <laughs> you know, immediately out. He says, him, out. He's not disciplined. So, so let me let you get on with the show. You're doing a great job as usual. Well, thank you very much for calling in. And at least making the attempt to contribute. People that do follow you continue to follow you. Thank you so much. Thank you. That brings us to the end of our program today. And I'm glad that we stayed with it because there were quite a few people wanting to talk. And it's very important to listen to what people have to say. Because in the middle of everything, you get gems of knowledge, and but you have to pay attention and listen really hard. And I'm thanking you for doing just that today because it makes their contribution all the more uh, valuable and our gift is that we, we learn something and we are encouraged to think differently. And uh, that is the whole point. Thank you so much. We didn't get to the other topic. We won't do that until tomorrow then. We, we could always be flexible. That's the whole point of this program. We'll be flexible. 
Thank you so much for listening. Let's get together again tomorrow and talk some more. Bye-bye.